14. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a dive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 7-15. There's a new home run champion of all time. And it's Henry Aaron. From the Tanglewood Studios on the Skynet Global Network, this is Go6 Sports Radio. Welcome to Go6 Sports Radio on the Go6 Programming Network, GSPN. I'm Scott Wasleger, O-Town joining us from Stam Vegas, Stanford, Connecticut. And today we got uh, quite a few things to talk about, some Major League Baseball, uh, NBA, college, maybe a little NFL, and a little sports conversation in general. Uh, if you are following on Apple, tell your friends. You can also follow. They can also follow on Spotify, uh, Google Play, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter as well. What's our handle on Twitter again? Oh, I forgot. Uh, I, I, I can check real quick for us. I think it's Go Six Sports or something like that. Um, I can check right now. I'll pull it up here real quick. How much snow you have there? Uh, a couple of inches so far. Yeah, that, a couple of inches so far. Not too bad. Four. Yeah, yeah. It's at so. Go Six Podcast. Capital G, capital S, capital P. Go Six Podcast. All right. So follow us on Twitter. There, um, we are always tweeting about something sports related. Occasionally, something not sports related, but uh, mostly, you know, the games that are going on on a particular night. So um, here we go. Major League Baseball. Big news is spring training starting. Um, Pitchers and catchers reporting. Fernando Tatis Jr., San Diego Padres, 14-year, $340 million contract. I I don't know what the Padres are doing. I don't know what Major League Baseball is allowing to happen. Um, I guess it's an investment in their future as far as, you know, letting the fans and everyone know they're fully invested in this guy. I mean, he's not even going to play for 14 more years, I don't think. Who knows? Um, 22 years old, so good for him. But, you know, he has – he's proven himself, I guess, over over the last year. I don't know if that's enough. They think it's enough. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a mega contract, kind of like, you know, Mookie Betts. I still don't really think he's on the level of Mookie Betts yet. I mean, he's really exciting. Um, you know, he doesn't hit Mike Trout numbers, but he is the star over there in San Diego and is their backbone of the organization. So they have a lot of money to spend. They're not even close to the luxury tax, as I heard today on the radio. So it's just something good for them they can do. They got a couple pitchers. And they're going to be really exciting out there in the NL West. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, he's only 22 years old. He's only played in 143 games over the last two seasons. Now, last year, because of COVID, it was only a 60-game season. But, um, you know, he's got 39 home runs, 27 stolen bases, and I guess they see enough in him, the organization and scouts and everybody else, that um, they feel that it's a long-lasting, you know, he's built to last type of thing. So, um Good. I don't think the Padres, as good as they're going to be, are going to threaten the Dodgers. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. It'll make for a good rivalry. I know that. 
Yeah, this is also interesting for Francisco Lindor as the Mets look to extend him probably in the first few months of the season. I don't think they're going to get a deal done before the season starts. Just got to see how he is in New York, if he likes it there. But, you know, his deal is going to be around there too. You know, I think right now in his career he's better than Tatis, but Tatis might have a little better upside, you know. But I think Lindor, it's going to be interesting for Mets fans here to see what they can do for him. You know, he did, Tatis got big-time money, so Lindor's got to be the next one. Yeah, that's true. And there's another free agent out there, a couple couple more free agents out there. Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, talks about where he might land, still could land maybe with the Astros, the Mets, uh, even the Red Sox. So we'll see what happens. Pitchers and catchers reported. So, um, so that's a good thing. And hopefully spring training progresses normally. And we have a season starting in like April. It's a 162-game season. Tim Tebow retired yesterday. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you're broken up about that or, you know, if that ruined your day yesterday or... No, or I, I don't really care about him, really. I mean, he's a football guy. Never really was a good baseball player. Really good guy. You know, great on TV. Was great for the younger guys in the Mets organization. They just you know, learned about, he went about his everyday life and they could learn a lot of life lessons from him, but baseball just wasn't his, his thing. He gave it his best shot. And now you, you'll see him on college game day for football a lot more often. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a good guy, um, you know, does a lot for charity always has, but, um, you know, he got a shot for, with baseball because of who he was and, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's fine, but that's, that's what he, that's what he got. He got, uh, um, an opportunity because of his name and he, and he, you know, in some ways he took advantage of it, but, um, you know, we'll see what, uh, life brings him now. He, like you said, he'll have a lot more time to commentate and analyze football and, um, we'll see what, I, I know he's a guy that will spend a lot of his life serving others and that's a good thing. And that'll give him even more time to do that. So, um, kudos on his try at it. Uh, it probably was a lot of fun for him while he did it, and now it's time to move on. Yeah, in other Mets news, they signed outfielder Kevin Pillar to a one-year deal, add some more outfield depth for them. This is kind of confusing since they just signed uh, Albert Almora Jr. You know, they're both right-handed bats, really good defensively. So I think the move here is maybe in the season, they're going to have a run around second base in extra innings. Pilar could be that guy that goes out and runs there, or he can replace Nemo in center and Almora can replace Dom Smith in left to add more outfield depth here. But I think it's a pretty good move to add to the bench. And I think their depth is really going to be there in the outfield. Yeah, uh, that'll be, that's a good move for them solidifying their team. I still think the Mets underperformed in the off season. They can help that cause if they sign Lindor before the, spring training games commence, which is, um, I think that's February 27th. And they're talking about like an abbreviated schedule of like something like, uh, uh, 28 games for the Florida teams, 24, maybe for the, for the Arizona teams. Uh, so an abbreviated spring training schedule, but yeah, I mean, there's still a few more moves to be made. As I mentioned before in this podcast, uh, a great place to be spending your time is the MLB network because they're really gearing up now and they're talking about the season upcoming and it's pretty exciting and they do a really good job with that. And pretty much every night you turn it on now, you're going to get something with regard to spring training. 
uh, the final off-season trades and signings and the preparation for um, you know their predictions and and their capsules on what teams are going to look like moving forward. So we're getting there. We're getting there. You started baseball um, a couple of weeks ago, right? Yep, we're diving in. About two weeks in now, it's been going. You know, getting outside a little bit on the cross field to stretch out those arms, take some fly balls, ground balls, and then we lucky enough to have a great hitting facility right on campus next to the baseball field. We can get as many swings as we want. Uh, it's a good place to go to just hang out with the guys, swing the bats, use the pitching machines, and get some practice time in there as well. Yeah, Fairfield University stags for you if people don't know, taking advantage of a fifth year of eligibility. So that should be an opportunity for a good winning program for you. And Fairfield Stags play in the MAC. So college baseball also starting all over the place now. And some some places are going to let fans in. Some aren't. So it'll, you know, to me, even as a parent, you know, being able to go watch you play, that's great. But my main priority is, you know, that you guys are able to play. And then if I get to go see... Um, I get to go see, but, um, you know, right now it's about you guys getting a season in and I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be able to get a season and you're practicing, um, outdoors sometimes, like you said, you practicing practices are moving forward with all college teams and you colleges and universities now. So, and, and the sport is played outside. So I think it has a much better chance than, than certainly basketball, although basketball surviving somehow. Did you hear uh, the tweet about Kendall Rogers in the Ivy League? No, I did not. And Kendall Rogers, for those who don't know, is a baseball, college baseball. Um, insider. Insider. For DivisionOneBaseball.com, he tweeted out breaking. The Ivy League will announce that it will not have conference games. This is for baseball. And will not allow Ivy teams to play each other as a non-conference game in the spring. Teams will be relegated to very local games only. The Ivy League will not have an automatic bid to the 2021 postseason. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Although they have been sort of the tipping point for a lot of decisions for prep schools, for example, where I coach, um, the NESCAC, which is a high academic um, Division Three conference. So the, the Ivy League Early on in the in the COVID um, season, you know, when it started last March, the Ivy League early on was the tipping point. You know what they did; some others followed. A special, especially strong academic uh, schools, whether they be prep schools or whether they be Division three colleges and universities. So that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm sure there are a lot of people that don't agree with that, but they're going to do what they want to do, and they have every right to do that. Yeah, so like you said, college baseball kicks off tomorrow. A lot of conferences playing, you know, starting their season tomorrow. As we said, I go to Fairfield University in the MAC, and we start conference-only games on March 20th. We're lucky, you know, uh, lucky enough to play. And uh, like I said, other teams are opening up their season tomorrow. Yeah, that's, again, it's it's cool this time of year. I mean, even though there's we're getting some snow in the Northeast here, um, it is uh, that time of year where the snow melts a little bit faster. There's a few birds chirping here and there uh, that you hear that are making their way back from the south and uh, baseball on the horizon. So um, 
that's good. That's all good, good to hear. And uh, looking forward to all of that. We're going to break for a minute. And when we come back, we'll talk about the NBA and a little college hoops as well. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together. But these are stressful times. And it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. back with you go six sports radio podcast find it on any podcast platform share it subscribe hit the like button we'd really appreciate it we're growing and growing and we get we're getting a lot of feedback a lot of texts a lot of tweets so want to keep it going and uh and provide at least at least once a week a talk show format where we keep everybody up to date on what's going on, maybe what to look out for, for the weekend, those kinds of things. And, um, talking about the NBA a little bit, it's, as I've mentioned before, Owen, and I'll let you talk about this a little bit, but pretty much every night you turn it on. So you have for viewers, for people watching TV, you typically have a Tuesday and a Thursday. Those games are on TNT. And they'll usually have at least one game, a lot of times a doubleheader. And on Wednesdays, Friday, Saturday, you'll have ESPN. So a lot of NBA coverage and a lot of team. You get to see a lot of teams. And most of these teams have at least one, two, three, you know, four notable players that make it worth watching. And, you know, it was interesting the other night. I can't name all the guys, but the Pelicans – who were the Pelicans playing? And there was like seven Duke alum playing in the game. It was crazy. It was, um, it was, it was, it was very interesting, you know? And then the, the other night you had Zion against, uh, John Morant and I didn't know this. Oh, but you know, they both played on the same AAU team in South Carolina. Oh, wow. I did not, I did not know that. And then they were, you know, they ended up being the one, number one and two picks yep. uh, a couple of years ago. But um, so the NBA, you know, it's it's uh, there's a lot to watch there. A lot of storylines. Yeah, it's really interesting to watch this year, especially you and I getting back into it. But a lot of good teams to watch this year. Like you said, a lot of good players on each team. And, you know, we're Knicks fans here. And Julius Randle put on a great performance a couple nights ago. He had 44 points against the Hawks on Monday night. He's going to be an all-star. He's one of the best players in the East. And the Knicks are really playing well under Coach Tom Thibodeau. Uh, they're the sixth seed right now, and 10 teams will get in. Uh, that includes a play-in game, so they're the six out of 10. They just acquired Derrick Rose, and I think that's a really good pickup for them. He uh, knows Tom Thibodeau really, really well. He's played He played for him when he was at, with the Bulls, and I think he's going to mentor Emmanuel quickly really, really well and Obi Toppin with the Knicks. So, the Knicks are playing this weekend again. They play uh, Sunday. Their game Saturday got postponed due to COVID, but they'll be back again on Sunday. And the Eastern Conference standings right now, Philadelphia is in first. Brooklyn is in second. Brooklyn had a great win the other night. Uh, 
Phoenix uh, comeback. Yep, big, big comeback. Harden went off, sealed the game for him. And it's really a mashup between so one, two, and three are the Sixers, Nets, and the Bucks. And four through eight, you know, it's 15, 14, or 13 wins. So teams are really all there. And the teams that aren't in the, the top eight right now, you know, have 11 wins, have nine wins. And you go over to the Western Conference, and the biggest surprise here is the Utah Jazz really, really playing well. They're the best team in the NBA at 24 and five, followed by both. Um, Los Angeles teams with the Lakers and the Clippers. So it's a really, really good competitive NBA this year, top and bottom. You know, the bottom teams do compete. Uh, so it's really, really interesting so far. Big game this weekend, though, that's one to really look out for. And you've watched you watched the first matchup of these two teams, but it's going to be Sunday at 8 p.m., a rematch from February 2nd, Nets at Clippers. The Nets won that first round bid 124 to 120. And uh, I remember you talking about that game. We both watched it. It was really good. Once again, that's Saturday. So sorry, Sunday at 8 p.m., February 2nd. Going to be another really, really good matchup. Yeah, the, the Nets are actually enjoyable to watch. I was a little annoyed with the whole Harden thing, I have to admit. A little, little annoyed that he wanted out of Houston and, and got out of there the way he did. However, now that he's settled in and playing with the Nets and that's behind him and behind fans and behind you know everybody, um, boy, the guy, the guy can really play. I mean, I did not realize how good of a passer he was and what a team player he can actually be. He's more relaxed now because he had to carry the load for Houston all the time. And they were expected to do a lot of great things. And most of that was on his shoulders. Now he can do what his team needs on a nightly basis. If they need him to score, he scores. If they need him to pass, he passes. He rebounds. Um, He's averaging they, 11 assists a game. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know if he still is, but a, a week ago he was leading the NBA in assists. Um, so, so you know, kudos to him. And I think they're only going to get better. Hopefully they get better for their sake. They get better defensively each, each game. The problem is when Durant's not on the floor, they're not great overall defensively. And, you know, you, you, they're given effort. It's just weird how Kyrie can be so great offensively and so athletic events offensively. And it looks like he's giving effort on the defensive end but just guys go by him. I, I don't know how it happens, but yeah, that's going to be you, a nagging problem for them is their defense. You know, they have a good amount of time to figure it out here and they're definitely going to be in the playoffs as a top seed. So they got to really figure something out, maybe run some different defensive schemes, play something else. But that's just one thing that's holding them back right now. Well, and that's going to be on Steve Nash to figure out. They have the worst defense in the league. So the good news about that is there's nowhere to go but up. They can't do anything but get better. And if they get better even a little bit defensively, they're going to win the East. I'm, I'm telling you, they have too much firepower offensively as long as everybody's healthy. Um, and back to the Knicks for a second, they're, they're just going to get better also. And it tells you something when Derrick Rose wants to come to the Knicks because that he's a little bit older um, than their young core. But he wanted to be part of something, wanted to make the playoffs. Like you said, he's familiar with Thibodeau. But the idea that he wanted to come and he was he was open about that he wanted to come to the Knicks tells you where they are and what they're doing right now. They were not relevant at all before Thibodeau got there, before quickly got there, before RJ started playing better. 
They weren't relevant at all. No one was talking about them. Nobody cared. Now they have become relevant, a little bit more relevant, talked about. They're not good yet. They're not great yet at all by any means, but they're going to have their version, their own very young and upcoming version of a big two or big three. And when you combine that with an experienced coach and New York City, Madison Square Garden, the future looks very, very bright for them. And people should keep an eye on them in the playoffs because there'll be a tough out early on. They'll eventually run out of gas and then, you know, their experience will get them in the end. But the Knicks will, you know, be a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs. And they'll be, they could go out in the first round, but they're not going to go out easily. And they're playing really good. He's got them playing really good defense. So, you know, you know, a couple of teams to watch in, in the East. And then, you know, the West, a team like Dallas is, you know, is again, good offensively, need to get better defensively. Um, Porzingis, Doncic, they, they need to be, you know, they can score. I mean, they can really, really score, but they have to, they have to play a little bit better defense as time goes along. And, you know, I think what people don't know, casual viewers of the NBA is you watch these games. And a lot of times these, these teams don't give great effort on defense during the regular season, but you really see them step it up when the, when the playoffs come, that's, and and in the NBA, that's what determines, um, you know, two teams that are close, what determines, you know, who's going to win the series, who's going to win games is the defensive effort for sure. And the team that gets stops when they need stops. And uh, you'll see as things unfold here towards the end, you'll see who's who really is going to play good defense. And I think the Nets will, because I think the Nets know what they have. And they know that they don't want it to all go down, you know, down the toilet because they're not playing good enough defense because they are as outstanding offensively as we've seen in a long time. Yeah, time's just going to have to tell with them. They'll pick up the slack defensively, and I think they'll be just all right. But NBA All-Star Game, they just announced it's going to be March 7th. A couple skills competitions there. You know, some players were up in arms about having the All-Star Game, but it is official now March 7th. So hopefully we see Julius Randle representing the Knickerbockers uh, on March 7th. Yeah, and, and you're right about players not being happy, and LeBron wasn't happy, and I don't blame him. I mean, they were told, these guys were told that they were going to have a five-day break. It's probably pretty stressful playing these games in a COVID environment. Uh, when they go on the road, they're not allowed to leave hotels. They're, you know, it's, a, it's, it's probably pretty draining mentally. And they were told they were going to have five days off completely, no all-star game. But the NBA just can't resist money, TV contracts, you know, that kind of thing. And give LeBron credit. He could have just said, no, I'm not going. Um, I thought it was funny that he said, Owen, if I make it, you know, <laughs> if. um, if I make it, I'll go, you know, I'll have to go. That's it's my job, you know, type of yep. thing. And I get, the I league's, give uh, not too happy with him right now, actually, because of his flopping incidents. He has been warned by the NBA, uh, for flopping. And I think that results in a fine. Yeah. That, I mean, he and a lot of other guys need to do a little bit better job. I mean, it's, it's getting a little bit ridiculous and out of hand and, and I'm glad that they're giving guys fines for it and, and coming down on them for it. It's, it's, it's a little ridiculous and he's a guy who doesn't need to do that. I mean, nobody's buying that. I mean, that guy's a monster. He, he's an absolute physical, you know, monster. And so when he flops, I mean, you know, now what's going to be hard for him is when he legit takes a charge, some officials are going to be like, Hmm, 
I don't know if that really was a charge or not. Yeah, it's interesting so, to watch the NBA games as an as a high school official myself. It, I think it's really certified difficult. official, by the way. Certified <laughs> official. Certified shout official. Out. Yep. Yep. Sh- shout out board six. Board six certified official. Uh, I think it's really really difficult to officiate in the NBA. You know, I was talking to my one of my partners last week, Paul, about refing, and I told him the higher you go, it's gonna be pretty easier because the the game fl- has more flow. You know, it's a foul, it's not a foul. The kids are better players, so high school games will be easier than middle school games, college games easier than high school games. But that's you know got to have good knowledge and go to camps in the summertime to be a good official. But I think the NBA is really really tough to officiate because, you know, they've changed foul calls. They used to take a few steps in the continuation play. They just adjusted that in the NBA. But these flops and, you know, they let the game go, travels go. I think it's really, really tough to officiate the NBA, and I think you got to be a different type of ref. I mean, maybe you'll learn this if you ref in the G League, but I think it's hard to ref the NBA, and I think it's a lot different than college basketball. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. Go Six Sports Radio with you um, today. We are going to um, cover a little college basketball when we come back, step aside for a second, talk about college basketball, maybe wrap up with the NFL. And uh, if I get around to it, um, not too not too happy about my Saco Bay Sharks lately, but I got to tell the bad with the good. Can't always tell about the good things. So and the good streak. So um, we come back a little college basketball. So, oh, we're back. Um, college hoops. Who do you who are you looking at right now that looks like you know number one seeds maybe or, or, or teams that are playing really well and look like they're going to be strong contenders for the national championship? You know, I think Michigan is a force to be reckoned with, and the Big Ten's really good this year. Um, Michigan is playing really well. They're fourteen and one. They're the three seed. You know, they shoot the ball, they rebound, they got. Uh, really good defensive players on the team. They rip boards. I think they're all around one of the best teams in the country. Uh, this weekend, we have a couple really good games coming up, uh, especially in the Big East here. Uh, as we're from Connecticut, UConn travels to Villanova 1 p.m. on Fox on Saturday. UConn 10-5, and five, they're playing well. They got uh, a, cook, a cook back, and James Booknight uh, is back in action. They had a big win against Providence a couple days ago. And Villanova has dropped. They dropped from, you know, they were a top three seed, and now they're the 10, uh, the 10 seed in the latest um, college basketball ranking. So UConn 10-5 and five going to Villanova 13-3. and three. And Danny Hurley, man, he's the carpenter. I think he figure, figures it out. If UConn gets rolling, you know, they could be a last four in for the uh, March Madness, and I don't think they're a team that you would want to play. Yeah, Book Knight change he changes the dynamic. He's um, a great all around player. I mean, just to see him back the other night was was pretty amazing. And they get after it defensively. And we talked about defense in the NBA. He's got them playing tenacious defense, and they're only going to get better defensively because he's just going to absolutely demand it. And I think they get in. I think they get in, and and like you said, he's building, and they're a team to be reckoned with. And uh, as the season comes to a close, you know, it's it's still we're still about a month away, a little yeah. less than a month away from Selection Sunday, March fourteenth. Yeah, but he, you know, this drives me crazy because why are guys? I mean, guys are talking about who's on the bubble, who's not. It's it's a little too early to be talking about who's on the bubble. I mean, you can talk about who's. 
you know, right there and who would be considered and who's on the bubble off the bubble later, a couple of weeks down the road. But we got ESPN guys talking about, you know, the bubble now. Last already. four in, first four out. I mean, it's too early for that. It's too early for that. Give it a couple of weeks, you know, um, and, and, you know, people will know if you listen to this, Joe Lenardi, the bracketologist for ESPN, how this guy became such a thing. I, I have no idea, but everybody, you know, that's all you're going to hear about in the next few weeks. Uh, who's going to be a number one seed, who's in, who's out and that kind of thing, which is exciting when you get closer to the, to selection Sunday, but it's too early for it right now. Yeah. And just looking back for that UConn Villanova game this weekend, the Big East standings as of uh, today, Friday, February 21st, Villanova is in the one seed. They're also 10th in the country. Creighton comes in at number two, Seton Hall number three at 10 and five in conference play and UConn at seven and five. Right behind them is a sleeper, St. John's. St. John's did beat UConn in their first matchup this year. So the Big East is pretty competitive this year. I'd like to see it back to the normal Big East. And UConn's got a big one this Sunday. Another, uh, sorry, this Saturday. Another one on Saturday here at 2 p.m. on ESPN. Number 15, Texas Tech at number 23, Kansas. Texas Tech 14 and 6, Kansas 16 and 7. And just looking at the Big 12 standings, Texas Tech comes in at sixth overall. I think that might be the best conference in college basketball right now. They have six teams ranked in the top 25 Baylor at number one, Kansas at number two, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, and Texas tech. So the big 12 is really, really competitive this year. Like I said, Texas tech at Kansas, 2 PM on ESPN, both ranked teams should be a good one. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at that for sure. And here's why, because Kansas is bad of a season for them as people think they're having. Okay. So they're ranked, they're usually, you know, what ranked in the top 10 all the time. Now they're 23rd, I think you said, but you know, if I said to you, would you bet against Kansas winning the national championship this year? You, you wouldn't because they're, you know, they're, they're not having an all they're 16 and seven. It's a weird season, different teams uh, and players are handling this COVID thing. You know, everybody's handling it differently, but I think when it comes down to, the postseason, and when it comes down to the tournament, Kansas will be Kansas, and they'll they'll go pretty deep. And I think they'll be a very tough out. And that's why I'm going to watch this weekend to see if my my analysis, my thoughts on that, are correct because they're just Kansas, and that's the way it goes. They get good players, they recruit good players, and they get those good players because they win. And they've won for I don't know how many. I think last year was the first year in a long time they didn't win uh the they didn't win the 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 regular season 12, title yeah. the big 12 so um we'll see but uh I wouldn't they're one team that I wouldn't bet against yeah it's you know especially bill self you can't bet against that guy so another no. ma- another last good matchup we have for this Saturday 8 p.m. on ESPN number 7 Virginia at Duke uh, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Virginia is this is seventh in the country. They're 15 and four, and Duke is nine and eight. I saw a bracketology a couple days ago, and they have Duke at a 9.7 percent chance to get into March Madness. 
and I put this 100% on Coach K. Didn't really want to play the season due to COVID-19, and it's really showing one of their best guards last week actually opted out of the rest of the season. He's going to be a an uh, NBA draft pick, but you know, three four weeks left in the season, and you're opting out. I mean, they're not really having a good year. They're seven and six in the conference, and they are. Ninth in the conference right now, and Virginia is first in the conference in eleven and two. So, you know, Duke not having a really good year, but you know, it's always tough opponent playing at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And I think Virginia, you know, they're always always a good team in March Madness. They they did have that one year where they got upset by uh who was it they got upset by? Um sixteen and one. The retrievers from uh Baltimore, Maryland. Oh yeah. Yeah, UMBC. Yep, UMBC. Um, but Virginia is always there, always a top team, always one of the best defensive teams in the country. They travel to Duke uh, this Saturday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. But how do you feel about Duke, man? They're not playing well at all. They have young guys. They haven't really gotten the same recruits uh, this year and last year. But one of their best players opted out, clearly wasn't having a good year, and you know didn't see a future with this team. No, I agree with you. I think sometimes you know in the very beginning – and, and Coach K should know this uh, over his years of coaching, but when you as the leader of your program indicate that you're really not, you know, super interested in playing because, and, and listen, he has his opinion. That's, that's fine. He has his opinion. But the thing is, if you decide, if the school and the conference and the NCAA decides to play basketball, whether you agree with it or not, once you know you're playing, then you have to be all in and you have to be, 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 get going. And I think his team probably was affected by his attitude about not wanting to play. And, um, and that is a team that does extreme, a lot of teams play well at home, but they play extremely well at home. Cameron crazies for those kids go to Duke to play basketball because of the crowds because of the student body, because of the Cameron crazies. And when you're going through a season where you have pretty much silence in the gym, other than players talking to each other on defense and stuff like that, it's a totally different dynamic, especially at Duke. And I don't think people are talking about that too much, but I think it it affects the players. The reason they go there is because they want to be hyped. They want to be jacked up by the crowd and there is no crowd period. It's silent. And I think that lack of motivation has hurt them a little bit and they don't scare me. They don't scare me in the tournament. Somebody they're like not, they're not even getting in. No, I, I don't, I, you know, if they get in, that's going to be a, that's going to be robbery basically. Yeah. They almost you have know, to somebody's going to get robbed out of a, uh, out of a slot because of them. Yeah. I mean, the ACC really, I, I think really weak this year. I mean, Duke UNC aren't even ranked. Louisville's not even ranked three teams out of 15 in the ACC are, uh, ranked with one being in the top 10. So I think it's a really down year for the ACC. And, you know, other conferences are stepping up like the Big 12 and the Big 10. So once again, college basketball this Saturday, UConn at Villanova, 1 p.m. on Fox. Texas yeah. Tech at Kansas, 2 p.m. ESPN. Wrapping it up on ESPN at 8 p.m., Virginia at Duke. That's a, good, too. that's a good weekend for college basketball. Yep. Good, good, uh, great weekend. Like you said, some football news today, just, just touching on the NFL. Carson Wentz goes to the Colts. Uh, 
He is reunited with Frank Reich, uh, who was with the Eagles in 2017. And, you know, he goes there for almost nothing. I thought they would be able to get a first-round pick out of him, but they get a 2022 third-round pick and a 2023 second-round pick that might turn into a first-round pick. But, I mean, come on, you can't get a first-rounder for the guy. He had almost an MVP-type season and really was a Super Bowl-winning quarterback if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, true. And then and then you got J.J. Watt, who's out there, um, got his release from the Texans, wants out. Right now, the Browns and the Bills are in the best position to get him. And I think if it happens soon, um, in my opinion, if it happens soon in the next few days, it's going to be the Browns or the Bills. And a guy like him, he has something left in the tank. He's not great, but he has something left yeah. in the tank and could push those two teams over the top a little bit defensively. If it lasts longer than that and the Browns and the Bills don't sign them, you watch out for the Packers and the Steelers who don't really have cap room as you and I speak, but they could get creative over the next three or four days, especially if they hear he's not signing with the Browns or the Bills. And, you know, he could go play with brothers over and uh, over with the Steelers or, and, 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 the, and the Packers, you know, have shown interest too. So, um, again, I don't think he's going to be a super impact guy, but it depends what he wants. You know, does he want the most money he can get um, as he gets closer to retirement or is he just interested in winning, you know, maybe winning a Super Bowl? And any of those four teams, Browns, Bills, Packers, Steelers, you know, they're all going to make the playoffs. They're all going to be pretty good. I would say the Browns or the Bills have a better chance than the Packers or the Steelers of being, you know, going, you know, far next year. But uh, it'll be um, pretty soon. I, I'd imagine pretty soon we'll find out where he ends up. Yeah. You know, I think he might end up also in San Francisco. Just backing up on the Wentz thing, sorry. He was thir- uh, in 2021 as a third-round pick. 2022 is a second-round pick. But talking about the quarterbacks, you know, Deshaun Watson has been asking out of Houston. They're saying they're not going to trade him. He wants to go to the Jets, Dolphins, 49ers. You know, I think it would take three first-round picks in a second and maybe a quarterback to go, but I think the Jets should really, really make their best offer. Joe Douglas needs to make a call. If I were Joe Douglas, I would send two firsts, two seconds, and Sam Darnold over for him. And I think if you're Houston, you take the best call you can, and you might get something good for him since he's not enjoying his time there. But it'd be interesting to see if he maybe goes anywhere where J.J. Watt goes. But back to the quarterbacks, with Wentz going to the Colts, uh, what do you think uh, is in store for Phillip Rivers here? Well, he's, he definitely, you know, is, is retiring. I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he announced it recently, some, some, but, uh, but I see what you're getting at. Cause some people speculated he might come back out for, for the right, for the right situation, the right money or whatever, but he's retired. I mean, he announced his retirement, you know, probably a month ago and, uh, or so at least a month ago. And, um, but there was. I saw a report where he was, you know, somebody said, well, maybe he'll consider it was probably just an insider stirring the pot a little bit, but I think he's fully retired. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. If he came back, it'd be to a team, you know, that wants to win now. I wouldn't a hundred percent count him out, but you know, as you said, he is retired now and the Colts do have their quarterback, but I'm not too sure these guys that retire, you know, they always, some of them come back. It's ridiculous. You're going to retire or you're not going to retire. So hopefully he can enjoy retirement. Um, instead of, you know, trying to string together a few more years. Talking about retirement, Big Ben is on the edge of retiring. I think he might want to play one more year over in Pittsburgh, but, 
you know, it'd be interesting to see what Pittsburgh does because if they can get another really, really good quarterback in there, maybe who can move around a little bit in the pocket, they're going to be good too. Really good core receivers over there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll, it'll, yeah. You know, it's it's amazing because these networks, you know, like ESPN, uh, for the most part, because they have the NFL contract. And by the way, new media contracts are coming up for the NFL, so they should be announced soon. Who's going to have what? CBS, NBC, ESPN. Uh, the predictions uh, or, or the thought is that most of the networks that have it now will probably get it again and you get the contracts again in some way, shape or form. So you're going to have, you know, your Thursday night football, your Sunday night football, um, your Monday night football should remain the same. I don't think there's going to be any big shakeup there between, you know, CBS, ESPN, NBC, Fox getting, you know, any different kind of uh, games or uh, nights that they carry football. But what is, kind of cool is that ESPN, you know, they keep it going. They keep, they keep this NFL, you know, when I was younger, um, that was a while ago now Owen, but when I was younger, um, you know, you never heard much about the NFL in the off season. You know, you heard a little bit about the, the, the major league baseball, because there was always a hot stove. It was always a hot stove conversation, hot stove, um, meaning off season trades and conversation and, free agent signings and things like that. But the NFL um, and even the NBA, there was, you never heard it when the season was over, you never really heard about it. So, you know, it's kind of cool that um, if you're an NBA fan, if you're an NFL fan, you follow this all year long uh, because, you know, we're t- right now it's, you know, season's over, just ended a couple of weeks ago. And we're still talking about the NFL, you and I, and, and uh, many other sports um, radio talk show hosts, you know, so, um, anyway, um, so moving on, what else do we need to talk about? We have anything else we need to cover? Saco Bay Sharks. Saco Bay Sharks, major struggle over the last, I don't know what happened. I, I, I don't know what happened. I think I was getting, I was trying to nibble too much pitching wise, um, and behind on a lot of counts in games close, but giving up, you know, big hits, um, giving up home runs because I had to, you know, pitch behind and counts with, with good, with good pitchers who have control. It was me nibbling too much, you know, so lost a couple close ones late. Um, didn't hit so great, but mostly believe it or not, it, cause it's been good for me, you know, the whole time the pitching failed me a little bit. Uh, and I got, you know, back to basics, uh, the other day I had Kluber going and I said, you know, I'm not giving in. I'm not throwing anything up in the zone at all. Everything's going to be down in the zone, down in the zone, down in the zone. And if I have to come with strikes, it's going to be a sinker down in the zone or whatever. And um, Kluber did a great job for me. 122 pitch complete game, saved my bullpen because my bullpen was gassed and I got off the schneid. But I had lost literally probably six out of eight. Um, and I know I was talking around here about how I was – 30 games under 500. And then I knocked it down to 20 games under 500. It was doing really well. Well, now I'm back up to probably 26 games under 500. So just trying to play well, majorly, um, MLB, the show 20, um, you know, kind of closes out in, in, um, when is it? No one come out on April, my birthday, your, your birthday, April 20th. That's right. Yep. So, you know, trying to play well the next couple months and, and, be solid going into the new MLB, the show 21, 
when it comes out. Um, but one, you know, try to take positives away from everything. I think people have heard me mention that I struggle with the base running, the base running starting to shape up and I'm starting to get a little bit of the hang of the base running a little bit better. It's not costing me as much. Um, and, uh, I ha- matter of matter of fact, before it started getting better, the last few games, I had a game where I was down by a run in like the bottom of the ninth inning, two outs, Larry Walker hits a missile up the middle with a guy in second and I can't score him because I don't know what I'm doing on the bases and the guy gets thrown out at home plate and I don't, I don't score the tying run. And, you know, from that point on, I just started focusing a little bit more on, on, on the base running, getting better at it. And, uh, so here's where we go for a rotation right now. We have, uh, Shane Bieber. We have, uh, Trevor Bauer. We have just picked up DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom. Going to start him probably later tonight. He's going to get his first start. Um, Have Shohai Otani. And that, for people who don't know, he's one of the better pitchers in MLB The Show, and it's great because he hits. So the longer you can, you know, keep him in the game, he doesn't hit well against lefties, but he hits well against righties. The longer you can keep him in the game, the better. Um, and he actually got an RBI for me the other day. So he's he's a nasty pitcher, and he's a good hitter, um, and he's a tough guy to face. People don't like facing him. So um, my pitching has been pretty solid. Kluber's. Uh, in there as well. And Hugh Darvish has been very well. These guys throw, you know, a lot of strikes, command the strike zone um, when I don't personally try to nibble too much and uh, have been pretty, pretty good for me. So, and the guy who's offensively won't go through my whole lineup, but the guy who's really, you know, been amazingly solid for me in about 50 games now is Mookie Betts. I mean, he hits with runners on base. He hits home runs. He plays great defense. I couldn't be happier with the pickup of Mookie Betts. Yeah, mashes fastballs. Is that right? Contact's pretty high. First pitch fastball is one of his quirks, right? First pitch strike. One of his quirks is, yeah, first pitch strike fastballs. Um, What I do is I put fast guys ahead of him. So I have like Lou Brock and Hannes Wagner hitting in front of him. And they one of those two guys seems to get on the bases all the time. And when they do there he's going to see more fastballs because people don't want them to steal. So they're going to throw fastballs and, and, you know, they divert the attention. Those two guys divert the attention of the pitcher a little bit, whether the pitcher's thrown over, whether the pitcher's slide stepping, whether the pitcher's throwing a pitch out, whatever, uh, it gets sometimes Mookie into, into positives counts if I'm patient early. And then when he's in positive counts, he's trouble. He's trouble. I mean, he, in, in our in this game, you know, you have to barrel balls pretty well to get hits. But he's one of the few guys that sometimes he'll get a ball in the hands and it'll be it'll also still be a hit. So um, he's been really good. So got to keep grinding with that and looking forward to you know MLB the Show twenty one coming out April twentieth. Saco Bay Sharks, you know America's favorite and most lovable virtual baseball team, and occasionally. Follow us on Twitter. I'll put those clips on on Twitter, and you can see uh, what a home run looks like, or or a good or a good pitch to close out a game, or whatever. Last thing for the podcast here uh, for those NBA fans. A lot of teams are you know allowing fans into their arena for a couple of games. So I think the Knicks and the Nets are right now allowing two thousand fans in. But breaking news today: 
February 23rd, New York Knicks versus Golden State Warriors tickets have been posted, along with February 25th, New York Knicks versus the Kings, and the February 27th versus the Pacers. So it looks like the Knicks are posting three or four games here. Uh, tickets will be provided. You know, pay. I saw I was looking at the February 20, February 25th game against the Kings. A couple tickets were 50 bucks and up from there, but I think they're going to test this out with a little three-game stint. There's nothing else. It's just those three games that are available right now. But I think if you click on February 25th, um, yeah, tickets are available. So that's really cool if you want to get there and get some fans in MSG. Yeah, that's um, such an exciting sign that we're slowly edging, you know, eking back towards normal. It's still going to be a while, but um, super exciting for fans. I mean, even some of the football games, the playoff games that we saw and some of the bowl games and bowl season to see some fans in the stands, even if there's not that many of them, it just, it just makes me feel a little bit more normal. Um, and you know, let's, let's hope, I don't think you're going to see a ton, probably won't see a ton and, you know, allowed in college basketball and you won't see a ton before the NBC's and NBA season's over, but because it's an indoor sport, but I think, you know, next season, certainly, we'll, we'll be, we'll be getting back close to normal. So that'll be, that'll be great. So let's reset for a second here. Um, NFL, you know, we're watching what we're watching Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz got traded MLB spring training starting. Owen told you where to watch, um, some of the college basketball this weekend, the NBA, you can always find on TNT on Tuesdays and Thursdays, ESPN, uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturday is either ESPN or ABC Mondays. If you get the NBA network, you can find games there, but I highly recommend I, I go in and out different years. I'm into college basketball more than NBA this year. I'm into the NBA. Uh, and I highly recommend it. it's, it's, it's good basketball and the teams do a great job of marketing their product. Um, so that's where you can find those things. And pretty soon it's going to be, What's, um, so the, today's Friday, the 19th within a week, spring training games are going to start and that's going to be for baseball. That's going to be awesome. And, and like you said, college baseball season starts tomorrow and we'll be following your season Owen, as we go along, we're going to still continue to try to do this podcast during your season and we'll get, uh, you know, maybe we'll replace the Saco Bay sharks update with the Fairfield stags update. <laughs> um, Sounds good to me. You know, you might need clearance from, uh, who's the guy over there? Uh, who's the guy over there? The media guy. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. You might need clearance from him. Maybe, yep. maybe from coach or whatever, but, uh, we'll get a uh, shout out to the stags and, uh, and pretty soon here, we got to talk a little bit, uh, as, as Dr. J says, shout out Julia premier league, uh, got to talk a little arsenal and, um, and some of the Premier League teams. Sounds good to me. Great podcast today. Let's get it next week. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs>